Hello and welcome again to Podcast in the Woods. I'm excited to have you and you know what? I am super excited to have my friend Vern from Cinema Recall with me today. Oh God, this is amazing. It has been, oh, th this whole week has is, is just been awesome watching these movies and just getting prepared to talk to this wonderful person. In fact, uh, the very first time I was ever on a podcast was on this man's show. That's right. He trusted me for whatever reason. And uh, here we are today. It is good to have you, my friend. Welcome. How are you doing today? Thank you, Boomer. This is this is a, a thrill. This is so cool to actually be on your podcast show. I am honored and extremely grateful to be on your show. Um, I'm not sure if I'm honored by the movie you had me choose to watch, but nevertheless, <laughs> I am honored and grateful to be here with you, my good friend. Yeah, I apologize. This definitely will not be the last time. And I know uh, I'm always picking terrible movies for you to see, but I, <laughs> I, I promise uh, the next time that you come on, I will pick something good. And it, man, I was, I was so excited when we were going down through our list. And you're like, well, maybe I could pick this one or maybe I could pick this one. And then you suggested The Evil Dead. And I was like, oh God, yeah. You know, that nothing gets me hyped like, Ah, uh, that that franchise. I absolutely love it. So, like I uh, have been putting out there on the socials this week, we are going to be talking about a couple of, well, one banger and one maybe not so much, but we'll get into that. We are going to be talking today about Grizzly Rage and The Evil Dead, and it's 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 funny. Uh, you know, my podcast, podcast in the woods, uh, grew up in the country, and so I did quite a bit of camping spent some time in nature and so I was I was wondering have you have you ever been camping uh, uh yes a couple of times usually happens during like a rock show uh usually in Wisconsin there is a concert called uh it was called Edge Fest then became Edge Fest it's a rock concert it's about two days of rock bands and me and my friends would go up there and we get tents and we just sleep in the tent drink all day, listen to rock music, pass out at night. It was a fun time. So yeah, I've been capping a couple of times. And then before that, uh, I was in the Boy Scouts for like one year. And then I stopped when we went camping because camp is not usually my thing. Uh, but if you put in there a rock concert and some alcohol and some friends, yeah, I would go to that. Oh, absolutely. That sounds like a blast, but much better than, than my camp experiences. For some reason, every time I go, it rains. In fact, uh, the last time I went was like 10 years ago. And after that, it just kind of swore it off. I'm like, okay, until I actually buy an RV, I'm fucking not going into the woods <laughs> anymore. Yeah, we, uh, we went out with a few of our friends, cooked some burgers, which didn't turn out very well at all. Uh, did some drinking, and then at two o'clock in the morning, a huge rainstorm came along, and I woke up in about two inches of water. And Jeez. we tried, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we tried to tough that out for about an hour and then said, oh, no, okay, we're, we're, we're done with this. Uh, we packed it all up in the pouring rain and just went home. So, yeah, I've got a little bit of experience you, with nature. Run amok, you know, the same, as that, <laughs> the same as that thing happened to us during one of our concerts, because they do this concert thing like every year. But one of the years we went, uh, yeah, same thing too. In the middle of the night, it just started raining hardcore uh, and we just had to get out of there. One year, it, it rained like a little bit during the day, so we definitely had like a mud little fight going on. 
during the daytime, but at night it just got to be too bad and we had to leave. Yeah, regardless of whether you're dealing with deadites, I don't know, mutant grizzly bears, serial killers, or rain. I mean, I don't know. Stay stay away I, from I, the woods. I'd much rather deal with maybe deadites, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I kind of would too. I kind of would too. Well, before we get into it, tell the listeners where they can find you, my friend. Oh, sure. Well, you can definitely check out all of our episodes on our website, cinemarecall.net. We are found on the Twitter sphere at cinema underscore recall. Uh, please join our group of lovely crackheads over on our Facebook group. Uh, Crack stands for Cinema Recall's Awesome Cinematic Club, and you can find that on there. Awesome. And all those links will be in the description, guys. I promise you do not want to miss Cinema Recall. He does some amazing amazing work just a funny guy and a tremendous podcast like i said all those things will be down in the description below so please please check him out and without further ado let's do this hey i swallow your soul i swallow your soul i swallow your soul (laughs) swallow this so the first film that we are going to talk about is grizzly Rage. It's a uh, rage. Yeah. Oh my God. Grizzly rage. <laughs> gotta get my dudes here. We're gonna listen to some '90s, 2000 bro music here. Drive around. Yeah. I've got that all over my notes. What is the deal with all this terrible music that is in it? Oh my God. It's 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 bad. I knew exactly it's what I was in for the minute that the damn titles started out. <laughs> it's like someone heard Nickelback, and we're like. We can make mediocre music more mediocre. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, hold my beer. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is. Uh, it's it's terrible. Grizzly Rage is a Canadian made t- or made for TV movie, and it's funny. This was suggested by a buddy of mine who uh, I don't talk to that much anymore. Not not because of this. We just kinda, <laughs> it's just kind of lot. That's stuff. it. Friendship ended now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's why I'm worried about this. I worry about the suggestions that I make sometimes, but. Uh, yeah, he, he. I was looking for foreign horror films, and you know, I had all this list, and people were suggesting some awesome stuff. And so this one was one of the ones that came up, and I'd had a bit of whiskey, so I was like, "Yeah, you, have, you know, let's watch the Crazy Bear movie." And it was something else. It's uh, directed by David Dakota. David Dakota. Dakota. Okay, very good, very good. And starring Tyler Hoechlin. Hoechlin. Uh, Graham Kozakowski, Brody Harms, and Kate Todd, and nobody else because they did not have the budget for it. That's true. Now, are you familiar with David Dakota's work? Absolutely not. No, this, okay, is, uh, this is the only film that I've ever seen from him. Do you watch The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs? Yes. Okay, well, there's an episode that Joe Bob did on sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama. Okay, that's him. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's David yeah. Dakota. That's one of his Uh-oh. first features. Okay. He also directed uh, Puppet Master 3. Okay, is, so well, apparently I am familiar with his work then. So one of my favorite. And he also did a lot of like uh, softcore uh, Skinamats movies too. Uh, as well as he directed a movie called The Talking Cat. So and, my, yeah, my teenage yeah, years are any indication. I've probably seen a few of those as well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, like... Um, Beach Babes. Uh, oh, here's, here's some great titles. Test Tube Teens from the year 2000. Beach Babes from Beyond. Uh, Dr. Alien. And uh, Petticoat Planet. Bikini Goddess. 
uh, yeah, just a whole bunch of, uh, I'm just kind of going through the quick list I have here right now. Yeah, he also did a combination of directing like family kids movies and then directing like these soft core rock features. The dude has like 177 credits to his name. Oh, that, oh my goodness. So he's, uh, he's pretty prolific. He's, he's drawing paychecks. Yeah. So that, that, that is, that's one thing. Hey, keep working. Absolutely. <laughs> the IMDC, uh, IMDB synopsis is as follows. After accidentally killing a bear cub while celebrating graduation in the woods, four teens become the target of a seemingly unstoppable grizzly. And the first thing that I noticed about this, why are the damn titles on fire? What's yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything. I, I don't know. This is... This movie is amazing. The opening credits alone are just some of the most strangest things. And the this car, this Jeep pulls up in front of like this big fancy house. And all these uh, young adults are getting ready to celebrate. And they, I think their plan is to go out to like visit their friends in this like party town. But no, they decided to go to this secluded woods area that's been blocked off. Yeah, yeah, they and, just break in. Like that's a great idea. But wait, but what's what's the what was the reason for that? Did that maybe I missed something in the dialogue? But no. were they going there because that's where they lost their virginity to each other? Um, did they have were they going there to like celebrate something, or is it just to break into a place? I don't know. But the place is blocked off, and I'm like, why are you going in here? What is the significance of this place? Why do you need to be inside this place and uh, freaking uh, outroad everywhere? Yeah, it has nothing to do with anything. It's it's never explained. No reason other than to get them out in the middle of the woods. So it's just like, okay, and we'll get into this. But this movie is just absolutely chock full of cliches. It It is the most cliched movie that I have ever seen. And that's just one of them. So it's, yeah, the whole purpose is just to go out into the woods and party. There's no reason for them to be out there. And uh, the scene, the scene, this movie feels more like a, a teen drama that I would see on the CW, and they happen to put in some images of bear attacks. Yeah, yeah, and they. Oh, so the first, I think, first ten minutes. So fifteen percent of this movie is them driving to get out there. So yes, yeah. So they're driving through the city and then they're driving, you know, out to the country, then they're driving through the woods. And like I said, yeah, the first 15% of the movie is just them driving. So again, hitting another did, cliche. Did you have problems trying to hear them? Because I had a hard time trying to hear the dialogue over the sound effects and the music. Yeah. Yeah. They, like the they, car was louder than they were. The ADR at the beginning of this movie is just god awful. Yeah, you're right, and that's probably they may have. They, you know what? They may have gone into this whole backstory and explanation of why they were going out there, but you just missed it because you couldn't hear a damn thing that they were that they were saying. But it's it's so I got in I, I got into this and I wanted to know at, at at this point. So I mean, we've already hit two, so I had to ask, what is your least favorite trope in these horror movies? Well, it's the thing too. It's the uh, well. Usually in horror tropes, they would have you know the slutty girl, the the virginal hero, the geeky guy, the douchebag bro guy, and I had a feeling that all the guys were playing the douchebag bro guys. 
and yeah. the girl was just i guess she was supposed to be a combination of the seductive and the virginal girl in the same breath like they couldn't afford to have other actors in there because i cannot tell one guy apart from the next no i couldn't either yeah so we've got wes rich and sean and yeah they're they're all basically the the exact same character you're right uh lauren is the is the other character in this and yeah she's playing i don't know the seductive trope and also the smart girl mate Mm -hmm. kind of at the at the same time you know with the with the heart of gold with a, a little bit of conscience it oh god yeah it's it's just so so stupid and then right when we get this we get like an indiana jones style like traveling sequence where they're going with the with the uh the, like the map and the red lines and everything <laughs> of course, with more generic rock music and like the speedometer they're like flying through the woods here but the speedometer says like 70 but obviously they're only going uh, about like 30 miles an hour on this and then yeah they hit the bear and this is so at, at this point, like I, I hated this movie. I'm like, Damn, what the hell did this guy suggest to me? This is stupid as hell. And I, I was like, ah, I'm going to have such a terrible time with this. But then they hit the cub and the girl inter- our, uh, utters one of the greatest lines that I have ever heard in my entire life. I was and I knew I, that I was in for a good time after this. So they, they hit this cub. And they go to investigate and they're like, oh my God, you know, we, we, we killed this bear cub. And she's like, what's a bear cub doing all the way out here in the forest? <laughs> yeah, this normally, is not natural. No. <laughs> yeah, normally that's, that's like reserved for some kind of, you know, out of place discovery that somebody makes. But yeah, they hit a bear cub in the woods and then, and then that's the line that said, I, oh God, I love it. it this is not so natural habitat. <laughs> Oh, and let me tell you, uh, I I have not watched this movie sober. Did you Did you have a couple of drinks before watching this? Uh, well, I'll tell you, I got a little like a uh, little buzzed beforehand. I was visited visited a bar because they make really great Bloody Marys and they have really great chili. So I had a few drinks and some chili. So I was feeling nice and a little bit buzzed uh, when I saw this movie, and that made it better yes oh yeah yeah you you cannot oh. watch this movie you can't you can't watch this movie sober it's gonna be it's gonna be awful it is an awful movie it's oh. it's it is terrible oh shout out to tubi for having this on their network i'm glad i did not have to pay to rent this movie i would have been a little bit more rage so <laughs> thank you to tubi but apparently on my tubi every time i went to a commercial break my uh smart tv would just kick back to the main screen and I would have to find the Tubi app again. I'm thinking my TV's warning me. My TV's like, no, I can't do this anymore. Don't keep watching this movie. I'm trying to save you, Vern. Don't do this to yourself. <laughs> yeah, the TV was quitting on it. Like, nope, yeah. I'm just, just a whole lot of nope on the TV. Yeah, absolutely. Man, your TV, you, get, you do have a smart TV. That's awesome. I do have a smart TV because the TV's like, ah, what the hell are you doing to me? I can't keep watching this. No, delete. <laughs> so they, oh. hit this, they hit this bear. And of course have car trouble because they, they they wreck the vehicle we have to have some reason to strand them out there and so they go in search of water so rich and wes stumble through the woods like a couple of jackasses for about five minutes before rich finds a pond with toxic waste barrels uh, no doubt put there by some evil corporation 
did you buy like the the shoehorned in environmental message in this movie? Why? Okay, it would make more sense if I saw the bear, and the bear had something strange about him. Because I was when I saw the toxic waste, I'm thinking, oh sweet, we are gonna get some awesome cheesy puppet bear effects, and I'm all for this. If there's toxic waste, and there's a bear, it's called Grizzly Rage. I'm thinking we are going to get some awesome puppet action. Even a low-budget movie, I'm all excited for this. I want to see some bad puppetry work and have the bear just rage all over the place. This is going to be great. And uh, when we actually do see the bear, uh, it's not so much, but I'm I'm stepping on your uh, plot description here. I'll get to my thoughts about the bear. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, so IMDb, I, they changed, they actually changed the plot synopsis uh, from a couple of years ago. And there still are plot synopsises or synopsises, synopsis, synopsi. Anyway, plot synopsis. there you go, uh, out there that still call the bear a mutant bear for some reason. But yeah, it's, this is stock footage bear. They do have some puppetry in, in here. And uh, that is when they do, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty glorious. I, I love it. So well, they, they, Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 man, sorry. Oh, I was, I was just going to say, so So Rich, he gets attacked after stumbling into the bear like a Looney Tunes cartoon, and Wes gets <laughs> just, like, bear feud, like, out of there, man. And what do you think about this, this first bear attack? Because we do get a little bit of puppetry in here. I love it. So, uh, he, Sean, is it Sean? Sean. Yeah, Sean. So, so Sean gets knocked down, and then like these two bear hands just grab him by the ankles and drag yeah. him off. <laughs> well, the worst thing too is that the bear attacks, it just seems to be like alternate videos of a bear just roaring because none of the <laughs> actors of the bear appeared in the same frame. No. So yeah. someone just took like random photos, a random video of a bear screaming. And then it cuts to another person goes, oh my God, a, a giant mutant bear. And it's just a regular bear. And then you just see like some puppet hands swipe at him. Um, and then when the bear starts really raging out, that's when the screen turns red and you see uh, animated blood dripping on the screen. And just right away, I'm thinking, all right, this is ridiculous. But I kind of wish you could have more ridiculous. I want to see the guy wrestling with the bare hands kind of like uh you know ed wood style with bride of the monster yeah and just like oh bears get me he's like holding on to the bear like oh i can't stop this bear from attacking my face oh my god the humanity of it all oh it's so funny it's 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 so amazing yeah you're right we the only blood that we get in this is like cgi blood that just splattered onto the onto the camera and uh, yeah the bear is just all stock footage it's stock footage bear attacks and in little puppet hands every every now and then. So the friends show up, they're roaring, these guys are screaming, and the rest of them, they, they see this and just like nope it right out of there and get back in the, in the car. And I love it. Like they, they get in the car and then like Sean is just shoving the hell out of Wes, like get in, <laughs> get in the car. And the whole time he's just like, where's Rich? Rich, where's, where's Rich? <laughs> Yeah, here's a dumb thing too. He was the guy in the back seat because he's like, we gotta go back. We gotta go back. And the driver's like, no, man, we can't go back. We gotta keep going. No, man. And he takes the steering wheel to like get him to like go back. I'm like, you idiot. I know exactly what's gonna happen. You're gonna crash. Like the movie could have been over. 
because they could have like gotten away yeah. like oh sweet we're we're gonna be safe and but no the guy in the bat he's like no man you gotta go back i'm gonna be a dick guy and we're just gonna go back and they get the car like flip over and now they're stuck and for like the next 10 minutes folks maybe longer than that we are going to get the suspensional moments of them trying to lift a car out of a ditch area that's the big action moment folks am i wrong no <laughs> with the winch yeah so yeah and they just like totally the whole car trouble aspect just totally goes out the window yeah they're just getting away like fine nothing's wrong with the car at this point so yeah they have to come up with another reason for them to get stuck and it's, yeah, he keeps like, oh, where's, where? bitch, you left him behind. Like, why the fuck are you worried now? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because he did leave him behind. Like, I'm ready to get out of here. Now he wants to go back. And it seems to me that during this movie, and am I wrong, but a lot of these characters are having like existential crisis about stuff they've done in the past or they're having some sort of regrets. And I'm thinking, when did this turn into a, you know, uh, Oscar-worthy drama? Because these actors are really trying their hardest. And I got to them props for trying their best. Yeah, it definitely does. It goes into, like, Dawson's Creek territory. <laughs> yes, <something> like <laughs> oh, I love it. So does this movie make you hate 2000s rock, pollution, or Canada the most? <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of the two-year. I, I find the music to be funny because it never matches what's going on on screen, uh, especially that moment where one of them, you know, goes off to try to find some help or some tools. It's got this music being played behind them. It's it's trying to be cement, sentimental and it's trying to like bring out the heartstrings a little bit for you, but it just comes off as being really cheesy and just just bad bad yeah yeah so yeah like you were talking about yeah sean is the one he, he ends up like going to to look for help and he finds this cabin and it's like oh the the wrong turn cabin i mean it's yeah. got all this crazy stuff in there and i kept like expecting some kind of like incest family to to burst out and try to eat him i would love that too like maybe the bear's their pet and they're able to train the bear like be their killer like it would be great if the bear was sort of like their leather face oh that would have been awesome Actually, that would have been, yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Like the bear, actually, you would see the bear later on wearing like a stitched mask of the people it's killed on space. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. That's, that's so funny. Like they are playing everything so straight. Yeah. If they would have just leaned into it, it's, it's terrible that we can come up with better ideas just sitting here off the cuff <laughs> no. than they did in the actual movie. Because but, you're absolutely right. He's going around this uh, cabin and it's really trying to build suspense, but it comes off as like watching someone's like home video about their house, trying to sell a house. It's just really dull. This guy's like walking from room to room. And I swear, I've, I, I, I have not checked my time on my phone more often than this movie. This movie's like 90 minutes, not even 90 minutes. And it feels like it takes forever. Uh, the new Batman movie doesn't take as long as this movie does. <laughs> I get that, but I was kind of enthralled through the entire thing. Now, again, you know, I was a little bit tipsy during the entire thing, but God damn, I had, I had such a good time with this. Like the, this next scene, talking about drama and stuff like that, we get this backstory for, for Lauren about 
how she was drinking and driving. And you think it's going to go, you know, kind of dark. I mean, maybe she hit somebody, but no, it was just like she backed into a, a car, parked car. car. Yeah, she backed <laughs> into a parked car. You know, and again, another trope. But many times in horror, we get like a reveal that, that drives the plot. Like there's some kind of revenge angle or, or something happens. It gives like weight to the situation. Maybe it provides like an explanation or some kind of cosmic balance. Like, mm -hmm. right. Maybe the, and she even says like, maybe we deserve this, but you bitch, you hit a fucking parked car. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I like to say before the dedication that these actors have is, is good. Really good actually, because they actually are treating this material as a real thing. And this is like a real situation that happened despite this ridiculousness of it though. And so, yeah, I can enjoy it for that aspect of it hundred percent. Yeah, we get like a last, or I know what you did last summer vibe with like this Grizzly Rage movie. <laughs> like I said, she actually says, maybe we're being punished. <laughs> oh, I, she's got to do that. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? <laughs> oh my goodness. And we I get need another to watch those scene, again. Right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. It, it, it's, it's definitely worth like a, a second viewing to see some of this, some of this ridiculousness. And we get like another, the, like the one other, I think, puppet scene in this where the, the bear is just ramming this car. And I can take, I could just like picture this, this fake bear head on like the front of like a go-kart or something. And they're just like backing it back and forth into this. I want one of those. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> that would be pretty neat. Oh my goodness. I love this. I absolutely love this. And then they try to get away, right? And I've never seen this. Okay, props to Grizzly Rage because I've never seen this before ever in a movie. So they don't want to be outside with a bear. So they decide that they're going to coast the damn car down the road as far as they can before, like, you know, they, they, they try to make it to the highway or, you know, try to find some help. It's, it's the weirdest thing. Have you ever seen anything like this in a, in a not just a horror movie, but in any movie ever? No, I mean, so I talk about this. This is like b before they burn the bear because they tried the bear inside the car. Yeah, yeah. No, this is before. So they're coasting okay. down down the yep. road, like on these hills and stuff. Yeah. No, nope. I, I, I don't think I have. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to get to my thoughts about after the whole car thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I have not seen that element before. I, I knew they're going to try to use the car as like a, a bear trap and to try to get the bear to attack the car so they can end up burning the car. And after that, I thought the movie was going to be over. I'm like, oh, sweet, car explosion. All right, sweet. All right, well, good way to end the movie. Uh, but no, it actually goes on from there. Oh, yeah, there's still another uh, 15 minutes left in this yeah. movie. Yeah, the Jeep blows up. And there's, oh, excuse me. There's obviously, like, no bear in this Jeep. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the bears roaring and you get so much stock bear roar in this. And of course, the guy turns to Lauren and Wes turns to Lauren and says, I want you to get out of here. You know, save your save yourself. And you no, know, she's you know, she goes off to the cabin and the bear attacks her. But fortunately, the bear fucks off, you know, so she can she can make it back to them. And then they they have this big climactic scene in the cabin where they they're trying to trap it in here and they they finally get it and it ends in the absolute best way this is exactly how i wanted 
this movie to end. I was just speechless at the end of this. Oh, so sorry. Go ahead. Before we get to the, uh, all right. So what was their plan for getting the bear into this house? I mean, they don't even try to kill it. They're just trying to like trap it in this house with like one flimsy little lock. Like were they trying to preserve this bear and maybe have zookeepers come by and be like, hey, grizzly bear, you know what? Our zoo needs a mutated bear attraction at our zoo. This will be perfect. And I just don't see the point. And also, I want to see more mutated bear. This bear was not mutated. Maybe it's mutated from the inside, but I can't see the inside, folks. So please, just give me, like, bad skin. Give me a loose eye. Give me something that makes this bear a more mutated bear. But kids, you can't trap a bear in a house with one flimsy lock and expect everything to be fine. The bear's not going to be like, damn it, I'm locked in. Fuck, those kids got me again. I'm so gullible. I can't believe as a bear, I should learn not to go into houses with locks. I'm totally screwed now. No, this bear is a bear and he's going to rage. It's grizzly rage. And that bear is just going to like, just fuck you up. Yes. Oh my goodness. And absolutely. All you had to do, I mean, I could take a, a bear costume, a bear rug, whatever, and you throw, you know, some $10 Halloween special effects on it, and you could do a lot with it. Like, I could, give me $100, and I could do so much more. <laughs> I'm not an artist or anything, but I could certainly do a whole lot more than what this movie tried. Oh, oh. My, my co-host Ashley, uh, she actually has designed some puppets and she would be great to like design a nice little like bear puppet. It would be much more convincing. Yeah, there's so many talented people out there that I mean are willing to to you know to work for scale, to to help you out, to be part of some kind of production. All you have to do is yeah, just search these people out instead of using the the easy, cheap, terrible way out of just stock footage your way through the entire picture. It's and uh, the generic bear roar. And the generic bear Same roar. Same bear roar. Not different bear roar. They couldn't even do a mutated bear roar. No, no filters, nothing whatsoever. It's just like they, they pulled okay. it off some fairy, uh, fairy use website and just played this thing over and over again. Yeah, there's one scene where they're trying to get the cell phone to work. Obviously, they're in the middle of the woods, so the cell, cell phone's not working. So Wes decides that he's going to try to climb up to the top of the mountain to see if he can get a signal. And at that point, of course, you never see the bear in this scene, but all you hear is like this roar about every 15 seconds. And you could like set your watch to it that like the director is just like, okay, one more. We, we, have, to let, we have to let the audience know that the bear is still after him because we can't put it in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Exactly, 100%. <laughs> but yeah, like, so they trap the bear in the house and of course like they do they, oh, they do the thing so they they hug it out at the end of course and west turns to lauren and he's like oh thank god it's all over and that's that's got to be i don't know trope number 15 or 16 at, <laughs> at least something you've seen in every other movie I, I and i didn't look up who the writer was i would be interested to see him what else what else he wrote but basically all he did was recycle things from every single other movie that he's ever seen and of course yeah the bear gets out because the bear is what three thousand pounds and like you said they have a single lock on this cabin door 
and kills him, but you don't get to see that. All you see is the CGI blood splatter on the screen. Grizzly Rage. Grizzly Rage, yeah, title drop. I, mean, I think this movie would be better if it was told from the bear's perspective because these asshole kids come into its home. It breaks into its home. This home has been locked off from the public and these assholes come in off-road and everywhere, being complete a-holes, just trashing this land, kills this bear's child. It's her child. And I think it'd be great if this was more of a revenge movie told from the bear's perspective. And it would be great to see these kids as being the assholes, murderers, villains, because they are. And it would just be great if we saw this movie more from the bear's perspective. And it'd be great, too, if we saw it from both perspectives. Like, Actually. we see, the, you know, why the kids are out there. They're there to celebrate. So something more. Or whatever but yeah right actually that would be that would be pretty neat i mean you could do pov at that point you wouldn't need to to do a bunch of a bunch of prosthetics or anything like that and yeah it would kind of actually be like a, a reverse slasher kind of something like you know uh to go against the norm something like leslie vernon where you could have something actually pretty original and that would be pretty neat where yeah the kids are are the antagonists and they are the antagonists. I mean, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. What, who's your, who's your least favorite character in this? If you could pick one. Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> the, the guy. Okay. It's the guy that caused the accident. And he's like, we got to go back, man. We got to go back. That fucking asshole yeah. just needs to die terribly because he was not doing anything to help out. He just, and the reason why he freaked out made no sense whatsoever because, like you said, he left his friend to begin with. Now he's suddenly feeling guilt-stricken to go back. And what is he going to do? The kid's dead. I mean, yeah, he's your friend. I get that. But why are you going back? You saw the bear rip this guy apart. There's no reason to go back. Yeah, you already you already know he's dead. There's no, there's no reason to do this. Absolutely. And he's exactly. He's my least favorite character as well. It's, it's Wes. That's and they, okay. Yeah. Thank you try- for doing I I had a hard time trying to take notes of the characters. I'm like, all right, I got one blonde girl and three juice bait guys. Fuck. I'm not, I can't tell any of these guys apart. Damn it. Yeah, I just knew that Sean was the bald character. Like he takes off his, his little do-rag, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> man, he is bald as fuck. <laughs> I didn't I didn't expect that, but yeah, Wes is the, Wes is the worst. I wanted him to die immediately after that and of course they try to get you to, to like get behind this character and i'm like no no you already messed that up i do not i do not care about this person at all whatsoever he needs to go but oh my goodness but yeah like like you said they could have gone so many different directions with this and it would have made it so much better but we've had a bunch of discussions here lately on movies about whether they're good and obviously this one's not good or it's you know just bad, or it's so bad it's good. Would you classify this one as as bad, or or so bad it's good? <laughs> That's a weird thing too. I mean, I can definitely you know why I can definitely be shown this at a group environment and laugh at the ridiculousness of it. Um, I want this movie to go more more extreme. Actually, I want to have more rage because the movie's called Grizzly Rage, and you barely see the bear. We got this teen drama soap opera going on 
And it's more of that and less the bear. And if you have a movie called Grizzly Rage, I want to see more of the bear. I don't need to see 10 minutes of them trying to get a Jeep up a hill. I'm sorry. I just don't need that. I don't need their bad stories and whatnot. I just want to see more of the bear. This is like a 90 minute movie. And maybe there's like 15 minutes of actual bear footage of the rest of this teen drama. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can actually show this to any of my friends because they'll be bored partly through this movie because there's not enough bear attacks going on. If it had some more cheesy gore fetch going on with this, I could be like, yeah. Um, I did look this up. This was a TV movie that premiered in Canada. So I guess if it's a TV movie, they can't show a lot of like blood and whatnot because I think this has like a TV 14 rating. At least it did when I saw it on Tubi, it said TV 14. I'm like, oh, right, okay. Hmm, something called Grizzly Rage and it's got TV 14 rating. Hmm, okay. So yeah, uh, I'm just gonna say this movie was bad. It's got some funny moments, don't get me wrong, uh, but I don't know if it can sustain my watch time another time, even despite how much I drink. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not Frankenhooker, but... That's true. <laughs> no <laughs> movies are, okay? No. no movies will reach that pedestal that is Frankenhooker. That oh. movie is just a cinematic classic. It is genius. It is genius. Exploding crack. Yeah, you... that's, not even, that's not even like <laughs> a so bad, it's good movie. That's just a great movie. It is a gem. It is an absolute gem. I, I, I don't know. I kind of fall on the so bad it's good. I, man, I did have a good time with this movie. I, I really did. Now, again, I've never seen it. I've never seen it sober. I've watched this three times and I would not watch it sober because I understand it does have filler. I mean, you have to have some kind of way to pad out the runtime. So with that being said, on this show, we don't do really ratings, but you can if you want, if you want to give it a one to 10 or however you feel like doing it, my dude, but is this movie worth a watch? It is, you know, I'll give it two. I'll give it two stars out of five. Uh, it kept my interest. I didn't hate my time watching the movie, uh, but if I'm going to watch another uh, David Dakota movie, seriously, uh, Sorority Girls and the Slime Ball Ballorama is amazing it's on shutter watch it i think even the joe bob bridge last driving episode is available to watch that joe bob gives some great trivia about the movie and about david dakota it's really a great watch starring the amazing linnea quigley absolutely yes yep yep that is that's such a good movie but i would say you know what i'm i'm right there with you. i am i'm, I'm right there with you i know that when uh, when we talked before on your show, I rated Intruder a lot higher than you did. And <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. Movie, I like Intruder. I like Intruder a lot more than Grizzly Rage. I'll just <laughs> say that for the record, right there. I would gladly watch Intruder <laughs> any time of the week over Grizzly Rage. That had way better stuff. It's ridiculous, but I enjoyed the ridiculousness, ridic- ridiculousness of Intruder way more than Bruce Lee Rage. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, it, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's chock full of, of good stuff in it. Man, it flies by. Yeah, this one this one doesn't quite so much. So yeah, I'm with you. Probably a two out of five. And I say, uh, you could 
you could probably go ahead and just and just skip this one, listeners. Are you listening to me? Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm all right. So next up on the docket, this one needs absolutely no introduction, but I'm going to anyway. It is The Evil Dead, 1981, directed by Sam Raimi, starring the amazing and comparable Bruce Campbell, Ellen Sandweiss, Richard, uh, me and names, Demon Montour. Demon, I'm gonna say that I'm pronouncing it wrong here. Demanator. 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 Betsy, actually, that sounds like a bad. Would it be great if he turned out to be a manator? Would that be great if he actually was that? And after he made The Evil Dead, he actually became a manator and was there like white bulls. Oh my goodness. Uh, it has also Betsy Baker and uh, Teresa Tilly. Again, small cast, but... I love uh, that name, Betsy Baker. I, I, hope she, I hope she's a chef. That sounds so bad. But I would, like to, I would watch a show called The Betsy Baker Show. Betsy Baker Bates. Betsy Baker and Chicken this week. <laughs> so IMDb, five friends travel to a cabin in the woods where they unknowingly release flesh-possessing demons. And again... IMDb is a little hit and miss, but on they're at least accurate for these these two, regardless of I don't know how excited or you know how pumped it gets you for the films. Uh, they're at least they're at least ac- accurate. And oh my goodness, dude, this is this yeah. is right in my wheelhouse. This is exactly the reason why I started my podcast. This is podcast in the woods, and it is directly inspired by Bruce Campbell and these movies man i i absolutely love it love it why did you pick the evil dead well because the okay first of all it is a seminal horror classic but not only that it's also a masterpiece in filmmaking because think of it this movie was made for a very small budget made with the love and help uh from sam raimi and everyone involved not just the crew, but the cast members. The cast members all helped out with like special effects and they went through hell to make this movie. Uh, it was shot in November in Maine and it was a pretty cold winter. So there's like scenes where characters are wearing just like their underwear and a shirt and they're doing this in like 30 degree weather. And it's just amazing the the skill that goes into this, the puppetry work, the camera elements. I mean, this was made for a re- relatively like short budget there. I think it was uh, budgeted at around like uh, well, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it uh, yeah, I think it made around uh, three hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. Yeah, it was. I think it was budgeted for no, sorry, it was budgeted at three hundred fifty thousand, and it made like. Uh, 29 million today yeah, not a not a bad return on your investment i'm sure you know that's i don't know millions and millions on top of that from rentals and and you know purchases and rights and all kinds of stuff this movie you're right is is amazing and normally like i get on directors for for this kind of thing like last week we talked about pieces and how that was filmed in the winter time uh but that director was kind of a jackass and this one though is is different because 
yeah, it, it was a labor of love for Sam Raimi and his, his friends. And despite the, the terrible conditions that they were dealing with, they went like all out to, to make the, the absolute best thing that they, that they could. And it is just, it's just beautiful. Tell, tell me, so tell me your experience with this movie. Like the first time you saw it, how you came upon it, that kind of thing. Well, like to most people, I was a little bit late to the whole Evil Dead franchise because the first thing I ever saw was Army of Darkness. Okay. That was my first introduction to Ash. And I remember that movie as a kid and I watched it like a bunch of times. And then after, you know, um, Army of Darkness, I saw a dark man and then friends of mine were telling me that, hey, you know, there's another movie to the Army of Darkness. It's called Evil Dead 2. And, like, and they say it's sort of like a prequel to Army of Darkness. I'm like, okay, because in the beginning of Army of Darkness, it shows you clips from Evil Dead 2. But I had no idea. I just thought that it was like original backstory for Army of Darkness. So when I saw Evil Dead 2 and I saw how Evil Dead 2 ends, I'm like, oh, crap. This totally leads into the Army of Darkness um, and then, of course, I found out that there was The Evil Dead, and I'm thinking, oh, sweet, all right, another movie that's going to be a sort of prequel to Evil Dead 2, um, but no, it's actually a completely, it's the same movie, but different in a way, because in Evil Dead 2, it's just Ash and his girlfriend that go to this cabin, and they find the book, and evil thing happens, but in The Evil Dead, it's Ash and his girlfriend and his buddy and his girlfriend and his sister. They go up to the cabin and they find the book. And what's funny too, Evil Dead 2 is a horror comedy. The Evil Dead, despite how people can sort of laugh at the effects now, The Evil Dead is definitely more of a horror film. I mean, even Stephen King mentioned when he saw the movie that this is one of the most ferocious original horror films that I've seen and he put his you know his quote on the box art so the intention for the evil dead is to be straight horror so yeah long way of saying this I went backwards with this I saw army of darkness evil dead 2 and then the evil dead and they were both amazingly great um the evil dead was you know made in 79 and just the level of work that goes into that movie was just phenomenal even at the time and even still today yeah it started it all and like you i came in it at uh sort of a weird order so i started with evil dead 2 okay so i uh my, my parents my parents got divorced when i was when i was younger and my my dad remarried and so my stepmom had all these these videotapes from her ex-husband that were like VHS copies. Uh, so I, I don't know where they recorded them on TV or just ripped them from other VHSs or something. And Evil Dead 2 was, was one of those. So I watched it. I think I was 12 years old the first time that I saw Evil Dead 2 and was just absolutely blown away. Absolutely blown away. Evil Dead 2 is, is my favorite. Love mm -hmm. the Evil Dead. But Evil Dead 2 is, is absolutely my favorite in the franchise and the movie scared the hell out of me and at the same time like just just made me laugh like hysterically at times 
when he cuts his hand off, you know, give me back my hand. And then the, oh. who's, who's laughing now? Like it's, <laughs> it's one of those scenes, like the first time that you see it and there's just no going back, you know, to that, to that first watch. But the first time that I saw it and he starts like sawing his hand off and you get all the blood spraying his face and, and he's just, ah, you know, and I'm at first just sitting there and, you know, my, my neck is like back in my shoulders and I'm hunched back on the couch and I'm like, oh my God. And then it just keeps going. And I just started dying laughing. And at that point I was, I was a fan for life and it became my absolute favorite movie of all time. So I came to the Evil Dead, then I saw Army of Darkness, which I thought was hilarious. And then a couple of years later, I went back and watched Evil Dead. And, I, and like you said, I love them all for different reasons. Evil, the Evil Dead is is just straight horror. Evil Dead Two is is horror comedy, and Army of Darkness is kind of a comedy horror. It just every one of them has their their own tone. And then you get the the remake of 2013, which I think is brilliant. I love. I loved the remake and to me I, same I way yeah I, I I'm totally on you with the remake too I own all the evil dead movies on physical media and I just kind of had a rewatch right now in the middle of watching Ash versus Evil Dead the series yes. once I'm done with that I'm definitely gonna watch that remake because the remake is brutal it's very very good uh I hate the choices that the characters make in the movie but that's okay they're supposed to and yeah Hundred percent, right? And that uh, I'll, we're going to get to it at some point, listeners. I, I promise oh, you, good. It's, it's one of my best, most favorite remakes ever. That ending is just metal as fuck. Oh, oh my! I, and the filmmakers of the remake have the same love of filmmaking that the original had because people watch the original and they're like, "Oh, those those effects are so cheesy; it's kind of laughable." I'm like, that's what they had at the time. I think if those filmmakers from 81 had the effects that they had now, yes, the Evil Dead in 81 would look like, you know, Evil Dead from 2013, I think it was. It yeah. has to do with the times, the budgets, and you got to look at it from that aspect. And Sam Raimi, uh, Ted Raimi, uh, everyone involved, Bruce Campbell, the cast members, they were all just worked at low wages and this is at a time too when horror wasn't as big as it is now horror in the 80s especially the early 80s people were not kind of going for these movies these movies had to start off small and like small theaters and i think they had to go from different theaters to different theaters to show this movie this movie went through a bunch of distributors throughout one time uh, from like 81 till now, it didn't become the hit it was. Like too many times when movies get released, people are worrying about box office projections and they're worrying about, you know, if this is going to reach the white audience. These filmmakers, they actually had a tour this like a rock band and just go from different places to different places, build up steam, uh, build up, um, we call it revenue, build up fan base, you know, fan base cult movies don't become like cult movies overnight. It takes time. It takes lots of hard work and years of, yeah, sorry. No, you're I'm fine. Good. Yeah, absolutely. This movie was, the, the love for this was built on word of mouth. And I, I love that, the viral marketing and, and something like this, so much more than like paranormal activity or something like that, which, yeah, I mean, it has its place. But yeah, the, the, the marketing for this was, oh, it's, 
it's just so nostalgic, so amazing. And talking about the effects, I know that they are a little cheesy by today's standards, but in their own odd way, I think they really, really hold up both in, in all of the installments in this franchise. I love the effects in these movies. And it does, it, it gives it a kind of a grindhouse feel. It's, it's so good. And when you're talking about uh, media, you know, uh, physical, physical media, uh, I've got Evil Dead, uh, The Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, those, those two, I've got those, uh, I want to say about 21 copies in four different formats. Oh, <laughs> oh damn, that's awesome. I am, yeah. I am not that bold. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I just have my Army of Darkness on VHS, which I haven't updated. I have Evil Dead 2 on VHS, which I haven't updated. And then I did uh, buy The Evil Dead on DVD because I had another copy that got destroyed. So I had to rebuy that. So I'm the person that once I see an edition, I'll only buy it like just once. Because it seems like every few years, and this I'm sure you've seen this before, Boomer, when they actually do release a movie on DVD, and then they're like, well, now we've got the new special edition box set. Because yeah. I think The Evil Dead came, uh, it has like, uh, it looks like the the Book of the Dead. It's got the right. face on there. Yep. It has, you have that one? I've got that one. I've got the, uh, the red and white. Um, yeah, I, you know, talking about that original, I've still got that original copied VHS in my collection. And one of those, uh, I, I forget what, uh, now I don't, I don't remember, I have to go break it out, but in the, oh. uh, those old VHS, like recorded uh, cases and stuff like that, I've, I've still got the, yeah, that original oh. VHS that I watched, I've got the, I uh, got two different copies of uh, VHS releases. I got the damn laser disc from Japan. Oh my God. <laughs> I love it. Please take pictures of this on social media on your Twitter account, man. I would love to see these. Okay. Yeah, I will. I pray I paid quite a bit of that. I mean, that was a, a collector's item by the time that I started searching that out. But um, yeah, I am ridiculous when it when it comes to this movie. I wouldn't do that with anything else, but I love this franchise. It is absolutely, like I said, my favorite movie. It is my favorite franchise of all time. What's your what is your favorite horror franchise? Oh my god. Gosh, a horror franchise. Uh, I'm gonna go Halloween. That's a good one. Well, okay. <laughs> if I had to pick a favorite franchise of horror, it has to be Halloween. Uh, I love Michael Myers. I, I love that there's different timelines in the Halloween franchise. And that's like my favorite thing about it. I could do the original Laurie Strode one. Mm -hmm. I can also do the new Laurie Strode. Um, I could do the Jimmy Lloyd storyline as well. Uh, I could just do Halloween and not do the other sequels and go right to Halloween three. Yeah, just I love it all. So what's your what's your thoughts on Season of the Witch? Oh, I oh I love Season of the Witch. That's yes. like my yes. that's my favorite. Oh my it's, goodness, it's yeah. a classic, but Halloween three is still like oh gosh, it's so great. Yeah, I love I and I do. I love Halloween. Uh, I like Halloween too. Uh, the rest of them I could you know, take or take or leave. Honestly, Halloween's not my favorite franchise sure. or, but season of the witch, I absolutely adore. It's, it's so much, it is so much fun. And part of that is Tom motherfucking Atkins, man. Yeah. It's just sad that the movie didn't do so well because I would like to see a different Halloween movie use a different storyline. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. Michael Myers is, you know, great and everything like that. He's just another sort of like Jason character in a way. Uh, it's not so much the killer. I just like watching the other characters. So like I said before, I like Jamie Lloyd. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love um, Louis Strode. Yeah. I, yeah. It's the characters in there. Uh, yeah. So that, that is my favorite. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what about no, you? Uh, I like I said, I I like it uh, mostly through for the atmosphere. So no, the no, I was saying, what's your favorite horror franchise? Oh, favorite! Uh, it's Evil Dead. It is Evil Dead. Okay, oh, God, yeah. oh, Okay, that's yeah, right. Evil, My Evil bad. Dead too. It's like that, and everything else is you know can can fight it out for for a second. But I don't, and the reason is I don't think there's a weak link in this entire franchise. I love every single movie. I love Ash versus Evil Dead. It's, oh, I'm on the, I'm on, I just started the, the third season, so I'm super excited <laughs> to watch the show. Uh, it's so great. Um, I actually got to meet Bruce Campbell once. Oh my goodness, that was, it, it was, it was a screening, uh, it was for that movie, uh, My Name is Bruce. Uh-huh. And they're playing at a theater, and my friends took me with me, and I had no idea that Bruce Campbell was going to be there. I thought we're just going to go see the movie in theaters, but yeah, but he did like a Q&A question, and I got to ask him a question. I don't remember what I exactly asked the guy, uh, but he, he kind of ripped on me a little bit from the question, which I <laughs> found to be absolutely awesome. Yeah. And he did such a great way too. And uh, I, and then afterwards, I wanted to go up and shake his hands, but there were just too many people by him. I'm like, I know ah, I just can't be that guy that's clamor on a person. So I'm hoping he'll come to a convention soon so I can sign some stuff. Oh, I would, I would definitely be that guy. I wouldn't even know what to ask except, hey, uh, Mr. Campbell, could I, could I get a hug? <laughs> have, have, you read his, have you read his book? No, no, I haven't. I have not. Uh, I think if, if Chins could kill Confessions of a B-Movie Star, it talks about his whole career. And I think on Audible, he narrates the book. I read the book on words, but I would definitely go back and re-listen to Bruce Campbell. He just talks about his life as a B-Movie actor and about you know the ups and downs of his acting life, and it's really great. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I've got Audible, so I, I I'm you know what I'm downloading that today. That's that's amazing. Oh my goodness! And again, I, I'm doing it again. I'm getting us off the rails. We'll get back to the movie. Get back to the movie. <laughs> well, we, we talked about Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell yeah. is part of the Evil Dead. We're not going off the rails here. Bruce Campbell is like the main, you know, the catapult. He's the main star. It's Ash's show. Although when you watch The Evil Dead, Ash is not a main character. He doesn't become a main character till towards the end. Because right. when you first watch the movie, you're thinking it's going to be, you know, the other guy who's going to be the hero. Yeah. And right? Kind of, or, uh, well, him or, or Cheryl. Cheryl, and, yes. And she's phenomenal in this movie. Like, going back, and I want, I, uh, you know, watching it this time, and I don't know why I picked up on it this time when I haven't before, but she really, really goes for it in, in this movie. She is great in it as far as like her acting chops and all that stuff. She's probably, I love Bruce Campbell, but in this one, she's probably the, the best actor in, in the entire movie. Uh-huh. What? Yeah, 100% there. Uh, which one was the Cupid doll? Uh. The Cupid doll one. I don't know. <laughs> Do you remember that? But I, what amazed me most about this movie is that these actors had to wear these painful 
contact lenses yeah. when they become deadites. And this is, I, I know like uh, in one scene, because uh, I, I was watching this with a commentary from Bruce Campbell, in one scene, uh, one of the girls is coming at him with a knife. And she's wearing these contact lenses where she can't see anything. So when she's stabbing at the actor, Bruce Campbell, she's not really seeing where she's stabbing. So you really had to like plan stuff out there too to make sure that no one actually gets hurt. Cause I, I don't think they can afford prop knife. So I'm pretty sure that's probably a real knife. It was, it was a real knife. They used real guns with like real ammunition. Yeah, they, <laughs> this, this movie was dangerous as hell. But, yeah. Uh, thankfully, man, it, it, it worked out. Yeah, nobody, nobody got hurt. Oh my goodness. And uh, let's, let's, let's get into the movie. Let's get into right. the movie. So as soon as this movie starts, it gets me so hyped. Like I said, it, it was not the first one that I came to, but it right from the very beginning, it just has that feel. You get that, that tracking shot, those famous rainy angles, and just like just the title card in this, in the swamp are, is, is so iconic. And there's no way I, I can give, I, I, I can give anything away in this. I mean, it's, it's, it's not new to anybody. But as soon as this movie just starts playing and I, I'm involved, that opening is just brilliant, just absolutely brilliant. One of the best opening scenes in a movie and nothing's even happened. There's no like opening kill or anything like that, but it's one of my favorite opening scenes in, in yeah. movie history. I, how did they even shoot that car from like overhead, especially with the budget that they have. Right. I, yeah, I'm very, very surprised. Great job with the cinematographer in that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they do that. In fact, my uh, my oldest was watching this with me. We we watched. I showed her Evil Dead Two for the first time a few weeks ago, and so as I was preparing for this, she wanted to watch uh, the original one. And it's it's amazing, like how smart and how deadpan she is. I'm trying to get her to come on the show. <laughs> to talk about some of this stuff because she's funny but we're we're sitting there watching it and you know they're going over the water in in the swamp and she's like hey dad how much how much was this made for and i was like i don't know it's just a few thousand dollars she's like how do they shoot that because they're not they're not walking through the water how how did they make that and i'm like you know what that's 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 a good question i have no idea it's 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 really good and and we get the Oh, That's the ahead. brilliance of certain films right there, too. If you have to ask questions like, how do they do this? That makes the movie, in my mind, a masterpiece. It's because if you're watching something, even from today, and you're, you're younger, your eldest is watching this, and she's like, how do they do this? And this is a movie that came on the 80s. That's, that blows my mind. That's amazing. Go on. No, yeah, absolutely. And then we get the, the shot of the Delta, you know, the which makes it into all of Ramey's films, all the TV shows, everything that he's ever done. We've got to have the Delta in it. And well, it is- it's, become... Except for Quick and the Dead. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did that appear in that been, one. That would have been pretty interesting to have like a stagecoach or something that was- <laughs> oh, That would be great. That would be cool. That would be pretty neat. Or something like, have, I don't know, have some kind of continuation or something that ties into the future, kind of like, oh, what was that movie? Young Guns 2 or that, you know, the- it, going to the future interviewing the guy and i don't know for whatever oh. reason uh there, there's a delta in, in there somehow that would have been pretty funny actually but i love that <laughs> yeah I, I love i love the delta but 
honestly, it really didn't, it didn't start becoming cool to me until Ash versus Evil Dead. And then, and then I started to want one. I'm like, oh, I want a Delta. And I started looking online. It's funny, like to go off topic a little bit, but I started looking online. And of course you have the Oldsmobile Deltas that are selling now for like $35,000 because just because of, of, this, <laughs> of this film franchise. Is this, do you love the Delta? Is this like, is this a cool car to you or? or? Well, Deltas are great cars, you know, especially in the Sam Raimi universe. Uh, it's definitely Ash's car. So every time you see it being used in other movies, uh, when I saw it in Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man, I'm thinking, oh, sweet, nice. Nice little throwback to, you know, Ash Williams. And his, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. It's, I mean, he's got to have Bruce Campbell and he's got to have the Delta in every single thing that he, that he does. And I, oh, I, I absolutely I'm, love that. I'm still hoping that the new Doctor Strange sequel has Bruce Campbell in there. And I'm hoping it's got the, the, the Delta. One of those two. It's got to have one of those two of the new Doctor Strange movie. Oh, that would be, oh my goodness. That would be incredible. Incredible. I love Doctor Strange. I really did. I enjoyed that. You know, and they're talking yeah. about how this one has kind of a, a more horror feel to it. And that would be the neatest thing ever. Have a Bruce Campbell ca- cameo along with a Delta cameo. That would Ah, Doctor Strange driving the Delta. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That would be so cool. Uh, so you get friends, Scott, Ash, Linda, Cheryl, who is Ash's sister, and Shelly, and they're off for a getaway in the woods. These are, are my kind of people. They almost kill some poor country bumpkin, and before like Scott starts laying on the horn while driving by a couple of the locals, and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm not honking at Well, who was he honking at? <laughs> <laughs> at that and I was like I started kind of getting like uh deliverance vibes I'm like man you better be careful what movie you're in start and then they get to the bridge and of course that almost kills them and you know that that would have been the point for me that I probably would have turned around okay you know what I you know I know we have this this getaway plan but why don't we just go stay at the Marriott or something instead of instead of taking our chances going across this thing that's the most rickety, crazy bridge that I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh and the props God. from that bridge were used from a previous short films that these teams have done because I think everyone in this cast, except for one, have previously worked with each other on other short films. Uh, I think they just hired one actor for this movie. That's, oh man. That's that's so crazy. Like that, I don't know, just how they recycle everything, how resourceful uh, mm-hmm. they were when 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 making this movie. It's oh man, it's 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 phenomenal. It's a miracle, honestly, yeah. that this that this thing got made. It, I, oh, gosh, I'm so glad it did. And you get the establishing shot of the cabin after this, and that porch swing rocking, and then stopping. Oh, it's it's so great. And I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe it's just because I love it so much. But like that part in the movie, like just it legitimately like freaks me out. Like I'm on edge as, as, as soon as that starts. What, what did you think about it's, like the cabin? I love the, ca- it's funny too. You mentioned about that porch swinging and uh, about it being very suspenseful and tension filled. Uh, it, in the movie, Danny Darko, when uh, Danny Darko and his girlfriend goes to the movie theaters, it plays the evil dead. And you get the same dread going on in Danny's story and you also get it on screen. Like the Richard Kelly uses the scene from the Evil Dead with that, you know, that gate banded back and forth uh, to sort of like represent 
uh, sort of the tension that Donnie's feeling in Donnie Darko. And I find it funny how filmmakers can use inspirations from other movies for their characters and their storylines. I find it to be absolutely funny and great at the same time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That scene is definitely tension filled. And I just had to mention Donnie Darko, how other directors saw that scene as being tension filled and used it for their own storyline. That's just great. Yeah, it's amazing, like how simple that is. I mean, and again, I don't know how they did it. Could have probably just a string that they that they had tied to it or something like that. But it's so amazing. It's so simple and yet just absolutely effective for for just getting under your skin right away. There's there is not a dull moment in this. I think it's it's like an hour and twenty minutes long or an hour and twenty five minutes long or something like that. But constantly, there's just something in this movie that is just putting you on edge. And speaking of that, like in the next scene, you get Cheryl and she's she's drawing, she's doing some kind of artwork uh, with her with her pad and then her hand gets possessed and she draws like a, a picture. It causes her to draw a picture of the book of the dead. But the real takeaway here is how awesome is Cheryl's hair? <laughs> yeah. She has some, some of that amazing amazing uh, 80s hair and you know I got the I got the book of the dead and all that stuff like that but uh it also kind of looks like she's drawing a dick for some reason <laughs> I don't know why that's oh, what <laughs> so our crew sits down for dinner and then the cellar door opens and Linda says it's probably some animal and I love this I I, I love it because we've talked about this on on other shows about how you have the cliche where there's all kinds of crazy stuff happening or there's something suspicious going on and you have a character that says, well, it must be the, the wind. Like somebody's just getting axed to death, like somewhere off screen or outside. There's all these screens and some characters like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's got to be the wind. And so she's like, oh, it's probably just an animal. And Scott's like, what are you talking about? That, that's not an animal. <laughs> so I love like how they did. It wasn't just like this throwaway line or some some kind of cheesy or terrible line, but they actually address address how stupid it is in the film that's 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 amazing just how smart this movie is i was late too that these are likable characters not like the first movie we actually want to know more about these kids we actually like them it's really kind of cool i could watch a whole movie even if there wasn't the horror element i think the great thing about a horror movie is that even if there's not a horror element and I can still enjoy the movie, that is what makes it a, a masterpiece for me. I mean, I love all the gore effects, and I love the killing and whatnot, but if you give me a movie with characters that I like, and I want to see them outside the horror genre, that, for me, makes it a great movie. It is. I mean, they're, they're well-written. They're, it's, it's, it's well-acted. You're right. They're, they're likable. I mean, Scott's kind of a jerk a little bit, but he's kind of an, an enjoyable jerk. You know, he's scaring Ash and playing jokes and, and doing this stuff. And he's, you know, yeah, he's, he's kind of, he's kind of mean, but in an understandable way, like in a realistic, like actual human being kind of way as, you know, as opposed to a lot of different things when people are just jerks and it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, you, you get the feel that yes, these characters actually have a, a relationship, an ongoing relationship with, with one another, and it makes you care for them and, and you know, sets up what's what's to come, and, and you actually care about what happens to, to each and, and every single one of these, uh, to one of these people in the film. So after that, the recording 
you know, you get the, the, the recording scene where they're, they're, they're sitting down and, and, and listen to this and, and playing the tape. And at what point, I wanted to ask you this. So at what point are you kind of like noping it out of there? Like where this is like, okay, yeah, we've come here to party and we've come here to have a good time, but you know, stuff is, is kind of getting, kind of getting a little weird. So at what, at what point in this story uh, are, are you taking the Delta and getting out of there? Uh, hmm. Well, first of all, I'm going out to this cabin I think the first thing you said before was the bridge. Yeah. I'm like, uh, no, guys, why do we? I, I've got better cabins, right? Then once I saw the cabin and how it looked, I'm like, uh, uh, no. I, I've, first of all, I'm not going to be shitting in a place that looks like that. No. <laughs> no. No. Ah. Uh, yeah, probably when I probably saw the bridge when I, I saw the cabin. Uh, definitely when I started hearing that recording. That for sure would have been like, I would even like get the little thing when I heard what was happening in the cabin and I heard one of my friends being disturbed by it. I'd be like, okay, that's it. Yeah, we're, I think, yeah, because they, oh, straight, they didn't find the book right away in this one. Yeah. Uh, I, I did confuse sometimes with like Evil Dead 2 and the Evil Dead sometimes. Like, yeah. wait, were they holding the book when they heard the recording or not? I'm not quite sure. Yeah, just, ah, many of those things, Boomer, it would get me to go away. Yeah. Yeah, the bridge the bridge definitely would have got me. And if that hadn't, you're right. You know, <laughs> as soon as as soon as the weird stuff starts happening when they're, when, when they're going over the incantation and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, yeah, we're... We're done. It is time to leave. And after this, you get that that wonderful, famous POV shot of the entity, and he's being kind of pervy, going around looking at this, and then looking at all of our different characters as they're doing whatever it is that they're doing. And Cheryl, come on, Cheryl, don't go investigate the strange noise. Oh no! Oh. Don't do it. And it's funny, like you you always another cliche, but. I've actually done this before. So a funny story you always hear about, you know, people telling characters, hey, don't go investigate the strange noise. But I actually did it once. There was like three o'clock in the morning and there was like a knocking outside of our house. And I'm like, what What in the world is going at this? So I, I, I took a baseball bat, went around and I'm like, you know what? If this is a horror movie, I'm so dead. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, yeah, I don't know if I had situations where her like, Oh yeah, I had, and it turned out to be just my furnace. Um, but I don't come down with a baseball bat. I just just go down there by myself and just like face things head on, knowing full well that yes, there probably is some crazed entity that's trying to take my head off. So, but hey, I'm going there full blown John McClane mode. All right, yeah. <laughs> going out swinging. Yeah, at least nobody was waiting out there for me with a mask <laughs> or anything like that. So yeah, we're still here today. Or, oh, go ahead. Or you, or 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 you can face uh, a fate worse than our character does when she goes out into the woods because this scene is you can really do this today, even in the remake. No, they kind of toned this scene down way more. Uh, and it is shocking, it's meant to be shocking, yeah, and. I will, there's, there's going to be spoilers in this movie, this description here, but what happens to our character is very disturbing and yeah, it's supposed to be disturbing. Uh, our lead character uh, gets raped by the forest. Yeah. Yeah. You get the, 
infamous tree rape scene and you know this was coming directly out of the 70s that, that that grindhouse movement and there was you know lots of lots of crazy stuff for it so it's kind of right in line for that and Sam Raimi did face a lot of backlash for the scene and it definitely it does it, it goes on a lot longer than it than it really needs to I mean we, we get the idea we get the idea of what's happening I don't think it's that long I, I think it's just the right amount of length right there where you know what's happening uh especially when the branches and the vines you know take her arms and pull them apart then the branches and twigs they pull her legs apart and you see just that slow reveal of the uh, tree branch going in between her legs and it's just sort of like one insertion shot and then it's it's done with uh it doesn't go like you know back and forth a lot of the times there too it's uh yeah it's a disturbing notion right there and i think sam raimi uh shoots it in a way that is disturbing but it doesn't feel gratuitous if that makes sense like he he doesn't sexualize it right and i think a lot of like you know directors and whatnot when they do shoot a rape sequence they tend to sexualize it and make it erotic in a way yeah. uh and i'm really glad that bruce camp sorry uh that sam raimi didn't do that with this you know it seems like him and uh, the lead actor in that scene they kind of talked about what they wanted to show what they didn't want to show and they communicated how to put the scene together and that says a lot so it could be both horrifying and disturbing and it should be it's a horror film we should yes. you know have these feelings when watching it uh but I never once thought that was being gratuitous. Did you feel that way at all or? No, I didn't feel that it was, it was gratuitous. And like I said, it just seemed, you're right. It doesn't go on for that long, but it just feels long. And, and it, it does. It is, and it's, it is, it's because it is, it is absolutely horrific. And kind of, as you, as you mentioned, it's, you know, as far as rape scenes going, it's, it's pretty tape, uh, tape, tasteful. She, you know, keeps her clothes on and all that. Um, and it's, it's really quick and the end is kind of cartoonish, you know, with the tree branch and stuff like that, you know, the way that they shot it in reverse and everything, but it, it, that just makes it so much more, more scary. And I, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, that it did, it, 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 there, there is a place for it, but oh my goodness, that just freaks me out every single time. It, it, because it brings in the states there too. Like holy shit! Now the states are really up right now. Yeah. All right. If the trees can do this to people, all right. Our 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 characters in the cabin are are screwed because this evil gives no fucks. Right. Like if 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 this is happening, oh my god! Like what 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 what's gonna happen next? And even even if there's nothing that that tops this, still the rest of the film. You're you're just on edge, just waiting for something that's 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 going to blow you away, that's going to make you wince. So, yeah, I, absolutely, I I completely understand that. Yeah, Sam Raimi, he's Sam Raimi is a is a genius, is an absolute genius when it comes to his his direction, and that that's something. That it also made me like. So I was I was thinking, I'm like, oh, well, who's my who's my favorite horror director, and I. I Almost Sam Raimi almost took it for me, but I think my favorite horror director is probably Kiyoshi Kurosawa. I mean, I'm 
if anybody oh. anybody that knows me knows that I I love I love 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 Asian horror movies and to me Cairo or Pulse is an absolute masterpiece. Of, okay. Of tension, of dread, of filmmaking. Uh, it's just brilliant. And he, I mean, he's done other things. Cure, Cure is a ghost detective story, which is amazing. It's 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 disturbing. It doesn't show like there. There's nothing really gratuitous in it, but just the premise of it is is really really crazy. And I, oh god, I, again another one for down the road. But I love that one. I love Sweet Home. Sweet Home was the first, one of the first films that I covered on on this podcast and it's it's such a good such a good time it's it's amazing and speaking of of evil dead sweet home borrows a lot and is influenced a lot by sam raimi and the evil dead and if you had to name one and it doesn't have to be a horror director but who who if, if you if one comes to to mind at the top of you know at the top of your head do you do you have a favorite director Ah, oh, not so much favorite director but i'm thinking about movies where a movie makes me feel uneasy and gives me that sense of dread when I'm watching them, and yet I can't help but keep watching them. And that's probably the words of Gaspar Noe. Oh my, yeah, Gaspar Noe is is brilliant. He's he's the one that, and it keeps coming up, he's the one that did Irreversible, right? Yes. Oh God. Yeah, very much so. And there's a uh, a long sexual assault scene that happens in that movie that is hard to watch and it's the point of having it being hard to watch i kind of wish that scene was cut down a little bit because when every anyone mentions that movie they mention just that one scene right and it's a lot more than just that one scene it's definitely a tragic drama but from the start of that movie i'm just feeling dread uh, same thing happens when I watch Climax, yeah. um, or if I watch um, Enter the Void. He's just got this way of making me feel uneasy and comfortable, and yet fascinated and joyful as well. It sounds weird, I know, but he has like elements where there's like heartwarming elements to his movies, and then like really disturbing elements of his movies. I really want him to just go off the rails and do a G-rated family movie. <laughs> David Lynch did it once right there. John Carpenter, I just, just once, just totally up. Stanley Cooper, his big influence is Stanley Cooper. <laughs> Stanley Cooper made a G-rated movie. So just once I would like to have a Gaspar Noe movie be picked up by Disney. <laughs> because Disney did pick up a David Lynch movie. Yeah. And just once, I just want to see just go off the all the realms of what people would expect from a Gaspar Noe movie. But no, I'm going to make this family movie. I've I have never put the two together. <laughs> it, no, I know it just doesn't make much sense. But I would just totally want to. See, I love it when directors sort of subvert their expectations because yeah. he's always known as being shocking. And Sam Raimi too, he subverted his expectations too with a lot of the films that he's made. I still have not seen his baseball drama uh, for the love of the game with Kevin oh, Costner. Good. It's it's really good, yeah. So I I, it's, I, I, sh I should read that one, but I've seen like almost every one of his movies. You know, the dude did a Western with the Quick from the Dead. Um, he's done, you know, action comic films with Spider-Man and now the new Doctor Strange. Uh, he just 
does it all. He does like uh, supernatural dramas with The Gift with Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. Great movie as well. Uh, he also did um, what's that movie? A Simple Plan. Oh, the, oh yes, uh, with uh, Billy Bob. Billy Bob Thornton. Thornton. Yeah, yeah, that with one. The, oh my goodness, that one's. I, I I totally forgot about that movie. That movie is great. Yeah, Simple Plan. Watch that one. He just has this wide range of movies. Like Sam Raimi is definitely a great horror director, but he's also just a really great director. And I look there. It is. There's a filmmaker that just kind of goes off the rails and kind of does his own things. He doesn't stay stick to one sort of genre. So to me, if a filmmaker has to be really good, they have to go off their wheelhouse a little bit. I just, I don't think that Gaspar no way cares that much. I know he doesn't. (laughs) I know he's going to do his own thing right there. I get that, you know, and they good for him. Uh, And I'll still be interested to see each one he does, despite how disturbed and uncomfortable I'm going to feel. I'm still going to watch it. Uh, yeah, I did a whole episode about Irreversible on Cinema Recall's website. You can listen to that there. Yeah. Yeah, you should watch or listen to that one. That 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 is an amazing episode. I've seen, oh God, I've seen Irreversible one time and I can't do it that, again. That's what you need to see. I, I actually, I did see it twice. Oh, I, I can't do it. I could, I mean, I could talk about it, but I can't. But you don't. I, go ahead. That's true. You, listeners, you only need to really watch the movie once to understand it and that's it you don't really need to watch any more of it right there's not one you need to and they just recently came out came out with a new edition of the movie that shows the movie in chronological order and doesn't have the same impact though i I would yeah that would just be completely stupid and dumb it's the it's the backward aspect that makes the movie fascinating and yeah i don't want to keep talking about irreversible but it's a brilliant movie that you only need to watch once. Yes. No. Yep. There you go. For, I mean, you know, for me, for me, once, once was enough. I bawled like a little baby during that. I, oh gosh, that movie, oh, just, just devastated me. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's powerful. It, it uh-huh. really is. And oh my goodness. All right, getting, <laughs> getting back. Yeah, we. Uh, so Cheryl, <laughs> if you, yeah, if you don't rein me in, we'll, we'll talk about. we may may end up talking about baseball at some point (laughs) oh damn okay oh all right uh so yeah they go back to the children goes back to the cabin and they're playing games right now playing card games yeah Uh, oh they're playing this this guessing game of the cards and you know kind of like uh a precursor to ghostbusters oh yes (laughs) but yeah i love this scene is my what, what's your favorite scene? This is my favorite scene. What's your favorite scene in this movie? Oh, gosh. Man, I'm just trying to think offhand here now. I'll put you on it's the probably, It's probably going to be stuff towards the end because okay. that's when I think the special effects really shine in that one. Uh, yeah, I, I do like the reveal of Cheryl when she, you know, turns her head and I she's did... got those possessed eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I love it. I love it. Like when, the, yeah, they start going through the cards and they're playing the guessing game. And then, and then in the, like a more and more distorted voice, she just starts guessing the cards as they're mm-hmm. going through it. And like, even talking about it, like right now, like the hair is just standing up on my arms. It's, oh my goodness. It's so, it's so good. It is so good. And it earns that scream when she turns around. I don't care how many times you see this movie. 
but when she does reveal her face, it's going to make you jump every time. I don't care who you are. It's just, it's always going to add like a little bit of like, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And then, so yeah, she, you get the reveal of, you know, the first possessed dead eye, you know, whatever, whatever. And then she goes, goes limp on the ground. And so Ash and Linda go to, go to check on her. And then we get another famous iconic scene where she takes the pencil and just stabs Linda right in the ankle. Yep. Phenomenal effects for this. The, the makeup work in this is just amazing. And it just, oh my gosh, it just makes you, just makes you squirm. Like it, I was, I was hurt. Like I'm reaching for my, again, like I'm, I'm talking about it and like reaching for my ankle and, and you know, I'm getting the goosebumps and all this stuff. It's, it, oh, why is it so that anytime a movie has like someone getting a hay nail or like said, somebody getting stabbed in your Tennessee heel to be the most winch moments, wincy moments in movies? Because whenever I see a character in the screen pop a hay nail, I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. Like I can handle people getting like stabbed in the stomach and getting their nets slit and you know stabbed into the axe, but if we got a hay nail, that's when I start going, oh yeah, geez, oh, what you, ah, no. <laughs> yeah, it's always the like extremities. Like you get something with the eye or, or your foot or yep. or something like that. It's just oh yeah, it's just so much worse than getting stabbed. If I ever <laughs> if I ever get trapped in a cabin with a killer or something like that, I'm like okay. I'm just gonna go just just go ahead and 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 get this over with because I, I I don't want it in my extremities. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, just oh my goodness, it just it just makes me squirm. And apparently, getting stabbed in the ankle is not good for your soul. Yeah, and we and we forgot to mention too because like Ash does try to take her you know out home, but they can't escape right because lo and behold the bridge is out. Yeah. So they're yep. kind of stuck in this cabin now. They can't get anywhere out. And now we've got uh, possessed deadite. Although they were using the word deadite at the time. They just have this possessed character. And now she's stabbing people. And now other people are becoming infected. And I, I love the use of animation when like parts of their bodies become possessed. Yeah. And just simple line-drawn hand animation, no computers. Just to show this evil is taking over this cabin and their friends. Well, that and again, you know, going back to, you know, the prosthetics, the makeup effects when they, you know, they, uh, gosh, it's uh, Betsy Baker's character, uh, Shelly. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, when when she gets possessed and then they, you know, they off her and then Scott, well, the first thing is like she bites off her hand, which is just gnarly as hell. And then, you know, then he, he cuts up, he cuts up her body, which will become, you know, something for on down the road. You know, that's how you kind of get rid of these things or get rid of the spirits. And it is, it's amazing. It is really, we, and I keep saying this, but it's really well done. It's, it's really, really well done. Um, And then, oh, and I missed, I missed the Linda, Linda getting possessed, Ash's, Ash's girlfriend and how she's, you know, taunting him and then, you know, goes back to her normal self and then, you know, goes back to being possessed, which again, you'll see down the road, but it's, oh gosh, it's, it's so good. And it's so, it's so heartbreaking. Who's, uh, who is your favorite, who is your favorite dead eye in this? Was it the, was it 
was it Cheryl who they lock in the in the in the basement, or was it was it Linda, or was it Shelly? Like which which one was made the, the most impact on you? Probably Linda with the Cupid doll. I like we're gonna get yeah, you. Okay, that, we're yeah. gonna get you. Yeah, that's that's probably my favorite one. That's just you know laughing madly. Yeah, just the makeup work, uh, her performance, just all in all. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. Yeah. So would it be hard? So Linda's Ash, Ash's girlfriend, you know, he kind of has a, a, a conflict of conscience. Would it would it be hard for you to kill your partner if they if they turned evil? Uh, it, that's a tough question because you're thinking, hmm, maybe she could be saved. If I could find out a way to do it, maybe I can save this person. Uh, but there comes a time when your loved one, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, or whatever is you know, coming at you with a sharp object, you just gotta make that choice. And like, you know what? There are other fish in the sea and you just gotta let them go. <laughs> if you love someone, let them go. All right, that's all I gotta say. Set them uh, free. It's a bad thing, I know. Yeah, I, I, that I'm, I would imagine that, you know, uh, my partner would probably want me to decapitate her. That would just yeah. be... If that if I got possessed and I was chasing around, you know, my girlfriend, I would I want her to attack me? Hell yes. Yeah. 100%. I would not feel upset about it at all. I can't feel anything because I'm fucking dead and I've got a zombie fight corpse that's chasing after you. So yeah, by all means, chop my fucking head off. It, yeah, it's funny how many times I've had these conversations with, with you know, uh, <laughs> my partner will watch a movie. It's like, yeah, so if uh, if I ever become a zombie, you know, don't don't mess around. Just just go ahead and just go ahead and shoot me because they always do. They always like wait until it's too late. Somebody gets bit or somebody gets messed up or something. I'm like, yeah, if if I ever start turning, I, you have my full permission to just take me out because mm -hmm. I don't want to be I don't want to be a menace to to you or any of my loved ones around me. At that point, you know, I'm I'm gone anyway. So just go yeah. ahead and get it over with. I don't want to be like at the end of Shaun of the Dead where I'm like started or like living in a garage playing video games. Although I kind of want that too. If you can find a way for me to keep my corpse there <laughs> in a garage where I can be fed, you know, some sort of material and you just hang out and play video games. Sure. Do that. But by all means, chop my head off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just go ahead. Just go ahead and get this over with. Yeah. I don't want to crave human flesh for the rest of, uh, for the rest of my existence and have stuff falling off. Now that's, that's not no. how I regardless of how much dead by daylight I can, I can get in. So, I don't. <laughs> so tell me, Boomer, what does Ash choose to do with Linda? Oh, in this? so, well, you mean after he slaps her around? Yes. <laughs> so Linda, so Linda gets it uh, just like, you know, every, everybody else. And, oh, so, and I don't want to give away too many spoilers. So okay. for, for anybody that, that hadn't seen this. So, you know what? And I, I've, I've had you on here. And I know you've got stuff to do. So what, what, why don't we, why don't we skip to the end and without giving away the ending, but, okay. but I love like that, the, the scene at, at the end where it's like, you know, he's just at the end of all this stuff, you know, and all the craziness that's gone on he's just covered in blood and he's just like looking at himself and it's just like, Oh my goodness, this has been, this has been a hard day. I, I love the ending of this film, not only like that and kind of like the, the, you know, the, the characterization, you know, of, of Ash in this, 
but just the downer ending that it has. What did you think about well, that? Well, even ending? before that, you get into my favorite moment of the movie. Oh, and go ahead. It's go a ahead, big yeah. climax at the end when he's trying to get the book and he's trying to use the necklace to get the book. Yeah. He finally gets the book, he throws it into the fire, and then we get some phenomenal puppetry work yes. and animation and uh, photography in this. Like, this is a scene that completely blows my mind, but it's the disintegrations of the deadites and these, like, big giant heads burst out of bodies and this creepy animation happens to the face. It's like, just, it's like uh, uh, decomposing. And it just blows my mind every time I see it because his face is decomposing. And you look at the time it was made, I'm like thinking, okay, well, this was definitely done with like stock photography and they use like time-lapse photography to probably do this stuff. But then there's parts of the facial that's done that's clearly animated. And just, I think that sequence alone where the, all the things were breaking apart took three months to shoot. I can imagine, yeah, the, the stop motion at the at the end of this film in the in the climax and it's all it's it's, it's yeah puppetry stop motion animation it is amazing the gore effects in it that they that they pulled off with this on this the shoestring budget and probably the most of the budget was spent here in the climax and it yeah if you're gonna if so, you're gonna be a small budget film go all out on the climax and it does yeah. it it goes there and it's oh it's so even good. pay attention to to the Layton in there because whoever were their grips for Layton had to be accurate for each time the camera animated something and to keep the Layton the same way each time as the face dissolves is just mind-blowing because it all looks like it's done in one shot but as we all know in animation animation is just a series of still images that are animated and just the work that the Layton crew did and the effects crew did to make it all seem like one shot was just mind blown for me. Yeah, it's brilliant. It is. It's absolutely brilliant. Some of the best use of this kind of thing that I've ever seen, not just in, in horror, but in any genre. I mean, you got Jason and the Argonauts and some of those yeah. other famous, famous movies that have used stop motion animation, but this I one, keep it, it, oh, go ahead. The crazy of the two, they were doing this for little to no money. They were not expecting this movie to be big. They were not given a budget to make this movie. They just decided to raise some money. They raised a lot of money through their short films and they made enough money through that and find some other financiers to make this movie. They had no idea it was going to be, be, be a hit or not. This movie could have been buried. We would not be able to see this movie. That's I still find that to be so amazing Right. that everyone in this movie, not just Cotton Sam Raimi, I'm talking Sam Raimi, I'm talking about the entire cast and crew just did amazing work there. You know, uh, cinematography, Tim Fillo, uh, editor, Anna Paul, music, John Lodica. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of pulling up some quick names through my uh, IMDb there. But yeah, just great stuff all the way through. I'm just loving every every moment of it. Uh, every one of them almost went on to do other things, bigger, bigger and better things. Created. I icons. hope so. Yes, it's. Oh gosh, this movie is one of my favorites 
for a reason. Oh man. Any final thoughts about the evil dead? Oh, uh, great movie. I uh, love the effects. I love the storyline. Uh, I do like um, the remake evil dead that came on 2013. That's, also really great too uh yeah just overall it's a horror staple for a reason and i think it's a great movie for young filmmakers to watch and learn from because when you watch it and you realize that how it was made and for the budget that it was made from you are just completely blown away by it yeah uh tom sullivan art direction yeah just yeah freaking amazing stuff there i can't say any more things about the evil dead that we haven't really mentioned before uh it's kind of a shout here to special effects by uh bart pierce uh kurt ruff uh even sam raimi helped out with the special effects and not only did he help with the special effects a lot of the cast members did too uh there's a scene where there's like a bunch of like body parts flopping around and that's the cast members doing that themselves. They just got underneath the floorboards and started moving their arms. So it's a labor of love of filmmaking that you don't really see nowadays. Uh, it's very rare for you know kids to get together and just make a movie like this again. Yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely incredible. So with that being said, is The Evil Dead worth a watch? Uh, yes, 100%. Definitely worth the watch. I think all the movies are worth the watch. Uh, it's kind of nice seeing Sam Raimi's career grow from this as well, because, you know, after, ah, uh, was it, did, what did he do before Army of Darkness? Because, no, he did Darkman before Army of Darkness. That's right. He actually got to have uh, much more of a call because Darkman was released by Universal Pictures and Darkman turned out to be a great profit for them. And so they're like, hey, we want to do another movie with you. And Sam Raimi's like, well, I've got this third Evil Dead movie that I wanted to make. And I know they wanted to call it Evil Dead 3, but Universal's like, well, I can't really call it Evil Dead. So they had to call it Army of Darkness. Right. Uh, I much prefer, uh, I, I kind of prefer Evil Dead 3, but Army of Darkness works great. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you one final question on this. Sure. Now, you've seen Army of Darkness. Have you seen both versions of Army of Darkness with the original ending? I have, yeah. Yeah. So the, What do you know, prefer? Do you prefer the theatrical cut or the director's cut? I like them both for, you know, different reasons. Uh, I mean, you get the badass ending, the theatrical version where, you know, they go back to S. Martin, he takes out the dead eye. But I honestly do barely prefer the director's cut just because it's so in line with how every single thing in this franchise ends. It always ends on a downer ending. And so I kind of, I, I kind of prefer the director's cut. How about you? Well, I, see, I, I prefer that ending as well, but I love the theatrical cuts because there's one scene where Ash is fighting the evil version of himself and uh, Evo's talking about, I'm great, great, good Ash. I'm great, two shoes Ash. And Ash pulls away with the gun. In the theatrical, in the director's cut, he just goes, I ain't that good after he blows him away. But the theatrical cut, after he blows him away, he just says, Good, bad, I'm the guy with the gun. Yeah. <laughs> and I prefer that line more. So I always go back to the theatrical cut just because I want to hear that line. And if, if there's some sort of like fan edit, 
that puts that line into the director's cut, I probably would prefer the director's cut more. But God damn it, I love as Ash being back to that smart and blumpy way. In fact, it almost feels like the theatrical cut leads into Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah, it kind of it kind of does. And it, well, actually, both of them kind of tie in in a way. Uh, and they do, okay, we don't do spoilers here because I'm still no, the no, no, that no, no, no spoilers. I, I wasn't gonna. I just, I was just saying, like both of them, you can, uh, if if you want to, both endings you can kind of tie into really? Ash versus okay. Evil Dead. Yeah. So, and you'll, you'll okay, you'll, you'll see. So, but now, absolutely, I'm not gonna spoil it for you. But it's oh gosh, yeah, the third season of of Ash versus Evil Dead is, is amazing as well. I I love that show so much. But for me. It is absolutely, it, I don't even know why I have to ask the question. Yeah. <laughs> for it's a format of the show, but yes, The Evil Dead is absolutely worth a watch. If you have not seen this film, you have got to go out and check it out right now. It's it's so, so good. I mean, your, your podcast is called Podcast in the Woods. <laughs> and this is probably the premier movie about a horror movie in the woods is The Evil Dead. Like, all of the movies that has people staying in the cabin are from this movie. Even Cabin in the Woods yep. is derived from this movie as well. Yeah, so That's love it. Reason. Uh, just the cabin itself, right? <laughs> yeah, there, there's a reason, guys, that we've uh, we've spent probably twice the amount of time talking about the Evil Dead that we did Grizzly Rage. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah, I had a few notes on Grizzly Rage, and it's fun. It, it, you know, it has its place, but The Evil Dead is a masterpiece. It's an absolute right. masterpiece. Check it out. Groovy. All right. So that is it. That has been Grizzly Rage and The Evil Dead. And as you can tell, one of them has been, that was a, it was okay. It's a, it's a good time for what it is. The Evil Dead is just absolutely groovy in every way. And as I do every time, I put this out on Twitter to get your thoughts. And movie one movie winner i'm gonna say it's movie winner it's m it's movie r one enter so i'm just gonna say movie winner the evil dead is great talking about a popular movie before or after a lesser known one might let more people find the new favorites i don't know if grizzly rage is going to be anybody's favorite but uh you know hey if, if you think it's <laughs> worth a listen from or worth a watch from what we were talking about then go right ahead friend of the show the house that streams horror podcast says just looking at grizzly mage make grizzly rage makes my soul hurt i'll just settle for the evil dead and my faith absolutely yeah i can get on board with that ren says i don't know much about grizzly rage but evil dead is the greatest film of all time and it's hard to argue with that one and horror in a tweet david smith says man i haven't seen or thought about grizzly rage in years i recall it being a decent laugh though and i can kind of get behind that i i, I kind of agree with that uh but i don't know you just kind of have to be in the mood for for that kind of thing. And again, Vern, thank you so much for oh, joining me. I've had dude, a blast. This was a blast to talk about each movie. Even Grizzly Rage was fun to talk about, despite all its badness right there. Uh, I swear, when you do an episode on Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bullarama, let me know because uh, uh, I would love to listen to that show or even be a guest on there. Uh, David Dakota has made some other better movies than Grizzly Rage. So yeah, just 
And then the Evil Dead, we said it all before right there. Thank you, everyone, for those comments right there. Yeah, the Evil Dead is great. All Evil Deads are great Evil Deads. Um, can't say one bad thing uh, about those at all. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And okay, I'm, I'm writing that down right now. And as soon as that, as soon as it comes up, man, you're going to be, you're going to be the guest on the show. And I'm assuming that's your pick and I will pick something else and I'll try to pick something. I'll, I'll try to pick something that's worth a watch this time. <laughs> no, Hey, no, it's totally cool, man. I, I like seeing all this shit there. It's been freaking great. Absolutely. Oh. And again, thank you. Thank you again for, for coming on the show. I had so much fun. And one more time, tell the listeners where they can find you. Oh, of course. Uh, find me on the internet, cinemarecall.net. Uh, you can also find me on the Twitter sphere at cinema underscore recall. Uh, I will say this though, if you want a little bit more on the Evil Dead franchise, uh, check out my buddy over at Crooked Table Productions. I did some editing work and he did uh, a look back at the Evil Dead franchise as well. So definitely check those out. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. I'm gonna have to go find that. And uh, guys, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Woods Podcast One. You can also email the show and send in your comments or thoughts. Podcast in the woods one at gmail.com. And until next time, stay scurry. Uh-huh.